Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we read chapters five and six of The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, wherein things don't go for Shalom the way that she thought they were going to go. And uh, I mean, they, they really don't go well. And then things don't go well for Kaladin either. We talked about how they couldn't get worse. Well, they uh, surprised they, they got worse. So I'm Data, and with me today is Jamie, Jack. And Joe. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sandra Lanch is about to begin. So yeah, we read two chapters this time, but before we get into those, I want to, uh, we're going to break the mold a little bit. We're going to break from tradition, and I, there's an email that I want to put up front that uh, to discuss at the beginning of the podcast, because it's kind of what? Uh, it's kind of relevant to uh, oh my God. the podcast as a whole, and I want to get your guys' opinions. So Wait, what's happening? Somebody joined the Discord the other day and was like... Hey, does anybody know how I can get in contact with Data to like give some feedback on the podcast? And people are like, well, I mean, there's the email address that gets said every episode. And uh, although that's it, it, apparently it's really common for people to maybe you just tune out by the end of the episode because there are a lot of people who are like, hey, is there an email address for them or whatever? And I'm just like, why do I even do it? Why, why do I do this every episode? <laughs> but anyway, and then they're like, or you could just, you know, talk in the Discord. Data is here. So <laughs> he set uh, this up. The, this person, Clint, emailed and says, Hi, guys. I want to thank you for creating such an entertaining podcast. It's been awesome to take this Cosmere journey alongside you guys. I'm reading the books in a different order than you guys and thought it would be no issue as I planned on simply skipping the episodes of books I haven't read. I Uh-oh. recently yeah, I recently listened to your final episode of Warbreaker read and was excited to hear your thoughts on it. Unfortunately, one person mentioned a major spoiler for The Lost Metal, and that left me pretty bummed out. I understand that you give spoiler warnings, but I wasn't really expecting to be spoiled on a completely different book slash series. I'm not asking for much more than a little carefulness when mentioning events from other books. And the only reason I make this request is because I do enjoy listening and following along with you guys. I'm very excited for you to read The Way of Kings and hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And that's it. So it it spawned a discussion in the Discord, and I wanted to get you guys' takes on it because the the general – my general feeling has always been that it's like, well, the whole point of the show is that we're making these connections to older books and we're going to be talking about these things. And we've mentioned on the show several times that it's like, you know, spoilers for things that you haven't read. But it it's something that's occurred to me several times over the last year, especially when people email and like, yeah, you know, I skipped the Elantris episodes because I haven't read that yet. Or I'm going to go back and listen to these things later after I've read it. And I, it kind of came to a head when on this one when someone's finally like, you spoiled the end of The Lost Metal for me. And so, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is there anything that we can do to, like, address those kind of concerns without just, like, changing the whole point of what we're doing? So here's here's how I see it. So the issue is, is two-pronged, in my opinion. The first is 
these people that are skipping around in the podcast, that's not how our podcast is meant to be listened to, in my opinion. My opinion is if you were going to listen to our podcast, you should start at the beginning. That's what I would do with any podcast that I would listen to. That's that's my expectation for anybody who's going to listen to our podcast is that they're going to start at the beginning. My other thing is we could make arrangements, but f- this person admitted themselves that they don't even know how to get in touch with you. So they don't listen all the way through the episode to the emails section. And so the normal thing that you would do in a podcast like this is you would make a timestamp code on the description of the episode saying, hey, during this time, during the episode, we talk about this thing, right? But if somebody's not even listening all the way through the episode to hear when the email section is or what our email address is, I doubt they're going to read the description of each episode. So I really don't feel like this is something that's on us. I feel like we could add the time codes if we wanted to, to be to be nice. I, I feel like that's a easy way to kind of take care of this, but it's really on – I feel like it's on the listener to decide whether or not they're going to actually listen to a podcast or just jump around. So – I mean, that's how I feel about it. I don't mean to offend anybody or alienate anybody that wants to listen to us, but I also don't think it's our job to make sure things aren't spoiled for people when the only things we talk about are things we've already talked about on our podcast. It's not like you're bringing in a bunch of information that we've never talked about and then putting it into the podcast. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up now. And honestly, if if it had come up, I would have done this on our first episode of The Way of Kings because I expect that Stormlight, we may get new people listening when we, now that we started Stormlight who are like, oh, I like Stormlight. I want to listen about that. So this would have been a great discussion to have like three weeks ago or whatever, but we're still early on. Hopefully I haven't spoiled anything for anybody. So I, I want to try to get this going. So, yeah, you have, yeah. You have some good points. I, I I pretty much agree with like with everything Jerry said. I do think the – this 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 may sound so, like selfish or arrogant, but it is the like the the truth of the matter is this podcast is the journey our, our journey the three like the three of us through the through the Cosmere for the first time and the order that we have taken. So like we're not we're not just you know we're not scholars reading Brandon's books and picking them apart. Like we are experiencing it for the first time. We are connecting what we're reading now to what we've already read previously. So I think that. I do think that anything we have read previously is fair game for discussion of any point. And if that is some of the more recent books, then sorry, but if we've read it, like it's going to come up for discussion. I mean, half the time, like when we mention something from previous books, like it can come out of nowhere. We don't even realize, oh, that connects to this. And we'll say something that could potentially be construed as a spoiler. So it's going to come up. And I think if we try and stifle that, it will stifle some of the discussion that we're having. So I understand people like saying, oh, I haven't read that book yet, so I'll save those episodes. But the fact of the matter is, like, once we read it, there's every possibility that it will come up in discussion again later. So, like, yeah, with, with how connected the universe is and how we're actually actively mm-hmm. looking for possible connections, yeah, I agree. It, it would be hard to yeah. not. Yeah, like, I, I am sorry if we spoil some stuff for some people, but I think ultimately, like, we are going through this in a certain order and connecting what we have read to what we are reading. So anything we have read previously is fair game for discussion. I'm more yeah. than happy to put spoiler warnings up and just say, like, you know, in this episode, we like we would spoil the ending of The Lost Metal or we talk about such and such. And like, yeah, sure, like, we'll bring that up. Yeah. But like we could even and, and you know, if we if we mark down what we've discussed in the podcast, that could be spoilery at the end of the episode, then we could just record while we're still recording. We could say, 
you know, we could do like, hey, guess what, guys? In this week's episode, we do talk about X, Y, Z. And then you could just cut that and put it at the front of the episode if you want. That's true. I, I That is one of the things that I'd considered is doing that. But part of the issue, at least for me with that, is I don't always remember where some of this stuff is from. You know, if we if we're talking about Harmony and something Harmony did, it's like which which book did or was it not even a book was it like a word of brandon or a, a an annotation that i read you guys that brought this piece of information in that we're using to theorize and and our words of brandon or annotations are they spoilers they're are, they're kind of spoilery maybe so even like tracking what things we're spoiling each episode i feel like it's kind of difficult yeah and again i don't i don't, I don't want to make anybody not want to listen but at right. the same time like dax said like this is our journey through the Cosmere, we, of course, we want to invite people along, but why don't you start at the beginning with us? Even if you've already read that stuff, or if maybe you want to don't want to read that just now, take a break from our podcast and come back. Yeah, let's make And also, stop going right? anyway. Yeah, and it's like, I, I think the burden, because of how prolific Brandon is, how much we've already read of his, I think the burden for us would be too large in order to either A, try to steer away from spoilery type conversations, or B, try to mark every single one that we have because it could be an offhand comment where we're drawing comparisons and being like yeah this reminds me of this part of this other book so like yeah yeah, i get it but at some time someone suggested like you know before they say something spoiler they could be like hey i'm about to spoil this and someone else like no that would completely break the flow of the show and like it wouldn't work you would assume i remember i would remember to do that because exactly yeah like i i just ramble like a motherfucker Yeah, look, I think the, the guys have got some really good points, and I completely agree. I think Dak and Joe both said it. This is our journey through the Cosmere and, and data guiding us through that. And, I mean, apart from, I guess, like big spoilers of, hey, this is how the book ended, you know, I think that we sometimes we don't even really know if we're going to spoil something. Like we could just say something and mm-hmm. it doesn't really tie in that much. But then for other people it's big spoiler effect. So I, I'm really sorry that your experience uh or for is it Clint? Yeah, Clint. Yeah. Like, you know, no one wants to to have the book ruined for them. And I'm sorry if we did that. Still read it. I think you'll still love it. But yeah, we do it is hard. I reckon we could probably put something at the start of the episodes to go look we we do talk about the end of the lost medal or something like that. But just generally speaking, comments wise, I think it'd be really hard to keep a track of. Um, and we definitely don't want to, like, lose or, or alienate any of the listeners. Thank you for coming with us on the journeys. But, yeah, I guess it is a – and it's something that we, we've spoken about before is that we're not spoiling future things that we haven't read, but if we have read it, it's fair game. So Right. I suspect – I suspect in the, they didn't actually say, but I suspect in this case it uh, somebody mentioned uh, – lost metal spoiler. I think somebody <laughs> mentioned, like, Wayne's death. And so it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that would be a spoiler if you hadn't read that. Huh? But – yeah, the best the best I could come up with in the discussions, and it, it did, like I said, prompt a lot of discussion, a lot of good opinions and like very, very personable and like friendly, you know, like disagreements. But everyone respected everybody else's opinion sort of thing. It, it was really nice to see, actually, how, how cool the people in our discord are. But I think the best that I could come up with was that we could add a generic because the. The big thing for me, I guess, is a person coming in and listening to, for instance, our Stormlight, our first Stormlight episode, Fresh, they wouldn't have heard any of the previous warnings that, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to spoil stuff that, like, everything that we've already read is fair game. And it didn't occur to me to, hey, we might have new listeners, especially on this episode, maybe we should mention that again. So 
we could put like a generic just add to the opening spiel by the way this this podcast will be spoilers for everything that we've read already we don't even have to list out everything it could be like you, you know just just fyi go and look if you haven't read some of the stuff we've already read then yeah. you could be spoiled but i don't know that on every single episode that's even useful because on the one uh, on the one hand as somebody already meant as joe i think mentioned it's like you're gonna gloss over it like people people gloss over the email address all the time at the end of the episode i something that kind of standard and for me i don't think is going to impact necessarily maybe a first time listener coming and finding a random episode for the first time might recognize that and be like okay i'm out but and then every every other person who listens who's not that one person who's listening for the first time there's we're just adding pointlessness to the beginning of the episode for them so i don't even know if that's a good idea yeah maybe. i mean it's too late. It's probably too late now that we're through what we're through. But at the start of each new book, you could go and talk about it. So if anyone was joining for the first time for that book specifically, mm-hmm. yeah. presumably would start at the beginning of that book. If you're already a listener, then you already know what we're talking about. But if you're just joining for that book, like you're not going to come in midway through the book. And now I realize that now we've started our like last, not last book, but definitely series. Big I feel series. like journey yeah. for stormlight we've already missed the boat on that <laughs> but maybe in the future we could just put something at the front yeah that that was my main thing was like this if i'd had this thought like you know three years ago <laughs> but at this point it feels a little late in the game to make that change when we're kind of past it yeah i don't know i mean well let's let's look at uh let's look at it this way this is uh we're talking about stormlight but this is our first stormlight episode where we had mentioned spoilers from a different episode or excuse me spoilers from a different book because uh, we did mention this the same spoiler once again in this in this episode right yeah so maybe I maybe this, this episode time, so. <laughs> right maybe this episode is the one to do it so here you go hey guys it's joe from the sanderlands here thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate you listening so very much i want to let you guys know that as we go through these books, we're going to reference everything possibly that we've ever read in the past on our podcast. So if you're not familiar or if you're a first-time listener, we've read through Mistborn Era 1, Mistborn Era 2, Elantris, Warbreaker, several of Brandon's short stories, including Secret History. So any of those topics are fair game during our podcast. So if you haven't read all of those books, I encourage you, go read them, go listen to our podcast from the beginning. We'd love for you to take this journey with us. Thanks for listening. Also, hey. White Sand. I think you missed that one. I said several short stories and other things. I didn't think of that as a short story, but yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, great, we, great, we great get the picture. It's, yeah. and it's, it's easy for people just to go through the episode listing because the title of every book is in, like, the, the title. Uh, whatever the episode, episode <coughs> we're doing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. You can put that at the front of this one since it's the first spoiler one we've had since Stormlight started. We, we talk in the emails as well. Like, we've had questions about, you know, what was, was I think, since we started stormlight what's the what was the biggest shocking thing about oh yeah warbreaker so we then talked about all the end of series. but while we're not bringing it up in our general conversation we do get people asking us about comparisons and thoughts and then we we definitely spoiler alert spoke about plush weaver's death and who oh god my memory of characters names like the main guy that was actually Vasha, yeah. I knew it started with a V. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talked about who he was. So we've definitely given away some big stuff in the ending of, of books. And and because we're being asked those questions at the end of the episodes as well. So whether whether email questions become a hey, if you don't want to be spoiled for anything, maybe don't tune into the emails. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like we discuss things even outside of the email. So that's why it's like Yeah. 
I feel well, like it's just too—it's too tricky for us to try to to try I, to just steer people away without just saying like, "Hey, we we talk about everything we've talked about before." So yeah, yeah, and I, and I definitely don't want to in any way discourage that because I think that's a lot of the fun is for listeners to be like seeing if you guys make connections or your theories about connections. And so trying to censor that, I feel like, is exactly the opposite of what we want to do. So I still have one of my favorite memories of this show is like we're halfway through Elantris and then I've connected to a, a dot to something we read in Secret History prior. Then it's gone, hey, wait a fucking minute. Those people were Elantrans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Great. Or, exactly uh, the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things is when me and Dak joke about uh, about what's his name being the pirate chef king. Oh my god, that was the fucking best. And then it turns out to be true. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm glad that you guys at least were thinking basically along the same lines that I was, because a lot of the stuff that you guys said were the exact thoughts that I was having. So I want to make sure that we're all in the same place and, you know, apologize to anyone. Honestly, as as the person leading the discussion, this should have been something that I thought of early on and was prepared for. But uh, it's... It's one of those things where it's like, well, in my brain, that's how it works. That's, so that's how it's going to work in everybody else's brain, right? Like, they're going to think of it the same way that I do, but <laughs> obviously not necessarily. So, yeah. Okay. Do do genuinely feel, start, feel sorry if we spoiled stuff for people? I think Lost Metal is probably the turning point because it is such a recent book, whereas Warbreaker and most of the others mm. are 10-plus years old now. It's true. But at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I swear this is not the first time we've talked about this. It's just like we've mentioned before, like, Obviously not at the start of the episode, but like anything we read previously is fair game, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I mean, you gotta be listening to every episode to get that. So if you're sure, around, sure, you may, sure. Not, That's, you may not hear that. That's a good. But that no, a good point. like I get, I, I do get it, uh, Clint. I'm, you know, please don't hear me saying I don't care about you because that's not that's not the case. Especially with Lost Metal, you're right. Like that is a very recent book, it came out last year, and. We didn't even know that we were going to read it that soon. Data had right, to read true, through yeah. it real fast. Yeah, Data had to read through it real fast to make a decision on whether or not we were going to read it at that time. And uh, it just so happened that he 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 thought, yeah, this is a good time to read this book. So so that was a different experience even for Data because previous to this, he had read everything that we talk about on the show more than once. I feel like um, correct me if I'm wrong on yeah, that, no, but absolutely. like at this, but at this point, it was like. He had read it once and then maybe once more before we started. I don't even know. Yeah, it was it was. And honestly, you guys may start to get some inklings in in this very book about uh, why uh, the thought was to potentially delay that one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the Lost Metal, I will say the Lost Metal is kind of a blur for me. Like, I remember some of the major plot points, but some of the like more secrety Kelsier and crew stuff. I'm like not super. I don't have a super good memory for that stuff. Okay, well, we've established now for anyone listening that that, that this is how it works. And so, you know, probably my main encouragement is going to be if you're worried that we might potentially spoil something, then, you know, put put the show put the show on pause. Come back when you've read uh, whatever you're worried about us potentially spoiling. We're not it's not going anywhere. It's going to be out there for you. And I'm just as happy for someone to enjoy our podcast a year from now as I am as you are enjoying it today. It's not, you know, we're we're, we're not pulling down big ad revenues from all the ads we have on the show for people listening the first week. I don't care when you listen. Just enjoy it. Yeah. You can be one of those people who emails us and then here's here's their email like a year later. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. What, what, What must that be like? Like you just hear yourself from the past and you're like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. 
<laughs> you might even forget if, if your name's like a, a common name, you might forget that you wrote it. You're like, that person made a lot of good points that I might have made. If it had... <laughs> oh, self high five. Yep. Uh, this is oh, a okay. this is perfect avenue to to be like, hello from the world of tomorrow. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It is. <laughs> yeah, all while we were talking about like this is our journey, I just kept thinking of Final Fantasy X. This is my story. <laughs> you, you tell him, you know, <clears throat> was Eunice? Yeah, or, yeah, okay. I was about to say. No, it's uh, it's uh, it's Titus, but then uh, Spoonie makes the joke that it is actually Eunice's story, and that it is it is totally Eunice's story. Titus does not deserve the, anyway. Anyway, sorry, we we've we've got we've taken away from the actual episode long enough. So thanks everybody for bearing with us. Uh, I apologize if we spoil anything for you. Hopefully we've kind of sorted out where we're going to stand on that. I'm still not sure if it makes sense to put a generic thing like Joe did at the beginning of every episode, or maybe just the first episode of a yeah. new book. We can, we can think on that, but anyway, move just put it at the head of this episode, then make a decision later. Yeah. Uh, right? maybe, maybe that's something to throw to the discord. Yeah, no, that was part of the discussion that we had in the discord. And, uh, I, f- I feel like the majority we're kind of on the same page as as we are. So that's it's good to know that other people thought the same way also, I guess. Yeah. So what did you guys think of these two chapters going back to uh, the, the chapters of sadness, as, as I will call them? Yeah, well, I mean, it sucks to be Kaladin, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. That poor guy. It's just that sounds just horrific. And I just remember thinking when they put him up the front, I was like, oh, man, this can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's about to happen to this guy is going to suck. Like if this didn't suck already, it's about to get suckier. Yeah, that's. I really, I really hope things turn around for him. And I, I like that his uh, windspren friend is is still around, someone to to watch out for him. But man, man, I hope things things look up. And Shallon, I quite enjoyed her interactions with her. Hopefully to be mentor, but was also super pleased that she's got her own agenda happening. I feel like we got a, a little glimmer of something more going on with her. And I think mm-hmm. she's, she's very cool. I'm, I'm stoked to read a bit more about her. Yeah. Things sort of not exactly going the way that was planned, but, but sort of going the way things were planned. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and it was good. I <laughs> kind of sort of like she's, she's, she's exactly where she needs to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious as to why she wants the um, names. Seriously, my brain is Soulcaster. The Soulcaster. Why she wants that, and why did her father have one? And yes, I have lots of questions there. But mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing where that's going. Yeah, at this point, I like Shalon's story. At this point, and, and like you said, I'm uh, there's all sorts of stuff that I'm like, ooh, I want to know. I want to know more about what. Like after the reveal at the end of her chapter, it's like, oh, okay, this is getting interesting. I want to know more about this. Kaladin's story at this point, it's kind of like, mm, uh, that's, it, I'm, I'm sad. Like, I don't, <laughs> oh, it just sucks. Like, it just sucks. And uh, I'm prepared that he's got like half a book of just it sucks before anything looks up for him. But that's just, it's just bad. I just feel for the guy. At this point, you're kind of just going, you know what? I hope you get some relief, man. When you're lying there going, don't wake me up. Just leave me here. Like, oh, <laughs> poor thing. Yeah, and honestly, all it, it, it clearly sucks to be all of these guys uh, who have ended up on these bridges. So uh, we don't know any of the other ones personally enough to, you know, be as sad for them as we are for Kaladin. But this is not a, this is not a place to be. No, you definitely do not want to be at the battlefront. You don't want to be uh, a bridgeman. I was I was with them. I was like, oh, they're going to go build some bridges. Cool. That's not terrible. 
oh no, oh no. And we saw them all like eating their slop and, and dirty and not happy. And I was like, I get the feeling these guys aren't lumberjacking outside. Like this, <laughs> this is, this is bad. Yep. I, I, I like you're usually like, I'm prepared for it to go on for a while and be sad, but fingers crossed that maybe that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I do hope things turn around for, for him. I think he's a really interesting character. He's got so much more knowledge, uh, you know, when he's like, oh, well, that could cure that person, that could help with that. You know, I'd suggest it, but I don't like you. <laughs> you know, I just, I think he's he's got a, like a bit of wit, but he's smart. He's obviously good on the battlefield. He's, yeah, quite a quite a complex character and could be so much more than where they put him. But I hope he gets an opportunity to then kind of break out and, and use that information. And whereas I feel like now he's just the guy that survived the front line and uh, what's his name? The Which, the sergeant? Oh, the sergeant. Gaz. The name. Gaz. I want to call him Zach and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> really bad. I'm going to actually have to start writing his name down. Gaz. Gaz is just going to be mad, right? Yeah. He's, he, yeah. How dare you survive? Like, you were supposed to die. How inconvenient for me. Mm, yep. Fucking Gary. Um, wait, wait, who's Gary? Gaz. That's a, Oh. Wait. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you get... <laughs> yeah, you get you get names like Gary or Barry, and they get shortened to Gaz and... Or Gaza and Baz and Baza and, and stuff like that. <laughs> So as soon as I saw Gaz Gaz come up, I'm just like, oh, fucking Gary. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Gaza, you fucking prick. Yeah, no, fuck that guy. Fuck him with the heat of a thousand flaming suns. Yeah, man. Any Garys. <laughs> this specific one. Yeah, no, like this was just horrific. Like I did not expect any of this for Kaladin. Uh, I, I was... Yeah, this this section was really well written because I was I was just spent the whole time horrified, just going, "What the fuck is this?" And everything he's going through. The poor bastard next to him, he seemed like a genuine, genuinely good dude, just dying unceremoniously. So Kaladin was the only one left in the front line. It's like that whole section was just messed up. So yeah, curious to see how Kaladin comes out of this, but I have absolutely no idea how because it just seems like, all right, yep, you're fucked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Shallon's story was it was kind of interesting but i'm just like oh, okay more high society stuff with kings and everything cool yasna's a you know your high your high lady a bit egotistical but i mean she has the magic power to back it up so there's that but then it got to the very last thing where she's like i'm gonna steal that thing i'm like oh you got now you've got my attention let's see <laughs> this so yeah like like yeah that, that that's that section was like yeah it's kind of interesting but not quite grabbing me and then she threw out, I'm a steal it. And I'm just like, cool, I'm all in on this now. Let's see what you do. It's like, oh, I'm with you now. Okay, yeah. Let's, uh, robbery. That's the way to Dax Hart. Oh, no, I just, I feel like we've seen quite a lot of high society politicking and living and shenanigans in the last few books. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it's like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's see some thieving. Yeah, okay. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on board with that. I mean, thieving is where we got our start back in Mistborn, the Final Empire. So, yeah, my mind did go there. I'm just like, oh, we haven't had a proper, like, crime arc in a while. <laughs> but she's she seems so uh you know new to all of this that i'm just like not, not are you gonna well be able to do it though come on is she even gonna be able to get taken on as a ward at this point is the real question because that doesn't seem like it's gonna happen not unless she pulls something severely you know just wondrous out of her ass mm-hmm. funny funny stuff these <laughs> chapters uh no uh you know the shallan the shallan stuff 
it was interesting. I'm definitely interested to know more about Yasna. She's the most interesting female character to me so far. Ashlan does have a little bit of interest with her, oh no, I'm going to steal stuff. But I guess like that plan makes way more sense than what you as a reader are expected to believe the plan is, which is like she's somehow going to dig her house out of uh, poverty by becoming this lady's ward. Because really, that would take years and years. And it sounds like they need something to happen pretty immediately. Mm-hmm. So her have, her stealing something of great value seems to make a lot more sense. But yeah, interested for sure. Uh, Yasna is very interesting, getting to see a little bit more magical powers. And then Kaladin, yep, sad stuff, but also, you know, it's not it's not boring. He's not sitting in cage now. <laughs> it's you know? true. He's uh, he's carrying a bridge across the battlefield. I think he's gonna win Gaz over. I think that's what's gonna happen. Gaz is gonna be the reluctant surgeon who's like, all right, you're all right, kid. I guess. <laughs> And then, yeah, we get introduced, you know, his little his little windsprint friend has a nickname, which I believe uh, Data probably remembers better than I do because I didn't know what who was cosplaying as what. But I'm pretty sure there were several Sill cosplayers in uh, at the at the convention last year. So, yeah, I think uh, so. that sounds right. So, yeah, it was cool. I'm enjoying it. I, I you know, this this book hasn't had a misstep so far, in my opinion. I think it's pretty good. So, uh, you know, we're only we're only six chapters in or whatever but it's good stuff so far yeah i like it like you said i believe there were some cosplays and i i messed up i don't know if you guys noticed last week uh i forgot that we had not been told her name yet and so i was just like oh yeah so when sill says this i'm like shit and i caught myself like immediately and had to fumble did not notice a thing and then i uh, i left that in the in the episode where normally you know if i fumble something ridiculously i'll just cut it out but I was like, I think that the listeners will appreciate this fumble in particular, and uh, so I got to leave that in there for them. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like your perspective, Joe. I was worried that these first chapters, you in particular, might be like, oh, this is this is depressing. I don't want to read a depressing. But I, I like this perspective. It's like, yeah, it's, at least it's interesting. It's more interesting than him sitting in a cage, unable to do anything at all. Yeah, I mean, I think what's really captured my imagination so far about this book is what I mentioned last week. It's like everything's alive. Like everything – I feel like nothing's going to waste here. Like everything has something going on with it. Even even the way they talk about the stone, you know, it's like it's got something going on with it. And so, yeah, I think uh, I think everything is pretty cool so far. Okay. Yeah, and we're this, continuing to learn, meet all, learn all sorts of things about this place. This is horrible, but it's not boring. <laughs> and actually i totally you guys may remember also last week like after that got done with some outrageous thing i was just like i don't even remember what i was gonna say now after the end of the episode i remembered that i was curious because it wasn't until this episode that we see what the shattered plane is i was curious like what do you guys think the shattered plane is going to be like what is what is what image does that evoke so i guess now that we've kind of seen what it means to be a shattered plane to some degree like what do you guys think of uh this just as a landscape it seems so unusual to me no i hadn't really thought about it that much to be honest i just we're kind of in the in the the back seat being driven around by brandon at this point of the book i guess now that we've seen it a little bit more i never really thought about it being like manufactured i guess like i just sort of thought it was just an area i didn't really think about it being so like sculpted it sounds like it's been sculpted by soul Mm, I've just forgotten them again. So, what the soul caster? Casters, the like carvers. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Know, anyway. Okay. It just that's kind of what it sounded like to me that they like forged it out of like all, like all these caverns and holes and stuff. 
I don't know. That's kind of what I picked up reading through it. Whether that's the case or not, I don't really know. But okay, interesting take. All right. Sounds Anyways. pretty barren. All like stripped of everything. It does. Yeah, a little bit. Not to drop back again on Final Fantasy X, but it made me think of like the calm lands and like the giant chasm that like that like they fought sin and created this giant chasm in this land. It made mm. me think of that. So like it almost it almost strikes me as like this is the place where they perpetually do battle. Like that is what this place is used for is fighting. Oh. That's all they use it for. That's the main reason that the people that they're fighting there is because like that is the battlefield. And and maybe like it's perpetually been a battlefield for like generations because there was some great battles there. Maybe that's where the prologue takes place. I don't know, but that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it just like you know, it just strikes me as like a barren, full barren wasteland full of these giant chasms that like you have to, you know, that just go on, go like d- deep into the planet's core, and you're just gonna die if you fall in. So, <laughs> yeah, who knows what's down there? How deep does it go? Yeah, yeah like you take the Final Fantasy uh, references out of what Joe said, and it's pretty much word for word what I thought. Okay. I thought all that, but not Final Fantasy. Yeah, okay. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, like I said, that was something that I meant to hit at the end of the last episode, but uh, did not. So here we go. (laughs) Once again, I ruined it. (laughs) No, Dak Dak saved it. If you had asked that question last week, I don't know, in my my head, I had just like a big grassy field. So they're just all we're going to battle on. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know really what to expect. But we'd seen so many of the like spren coming out. I just assumed it was going to be like this big open field that was mm. not like as grim. And I don't know why it was sort of a pleasant, peaceful looking place to me, even though I knew it was going to be for battle. It was weird. <laughs> like you're like yeah, I don't know what to do with the shattered part, so I just took the planes part yeah. and went with that. <laughs> exactly, and just <laughs> go with it. You know. Okay. Nice. But I guess if it's shattered, that's why you have a whole bunch of chasms and things. That's why you need all the bridges, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess let's get into these. We've, uh, I think we've gone like an hour now without actually starting the book. So, <laughs> chapter five, the or it's called Heretic, and the the I almost said prologue. Jeez. The ep, the epigraph. I have seen the end and have heard it named. The night of sorrows, the true desolation, the ever storm. Subject was a dark dark eyed youth of unknown origin. So, all right, that's helpful. So we we meet J- Yasna for the first time. I'm going to call her Jasna sometimes because that's how I've always thought about it in my head. I'm trying to fix it. And she's just like, oh, wow, she's really pretty. I did not expect her to be so pretty. Also, Shalon's like, she's just stupid tall. Why are Alethi so freaking tall? <laughs> how She's like, I just thought she'd be like this ugly spinster. How else could one picture a heretic well into her mid-30s and still unmarried? Oh, God, her mid-30s. Uh, okay. Wow, wow, that's a... That's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember back to Elantris where Serene was an old spinster because she was like 25 and unmarried or something like that. So we're improving? Question mark. Yeah. Well, look, I don't want to throw this on Brandon, but it sounds like he's into child brides is what I'm getting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, that's a take. All right. No, nah, I'm just joking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that. Uh, when... When the average life expectancy is like 38, I guess. Okay, you know, that's fair. And so she comes up and finds Yasna in conversation with a man wearing the Cabranthian royal colors of burnt orange and white, which makes me think like a UT fan or something. But 
And it takes her a little bit to realize who she's talking to. She, Yasna is talking to the king of Carbranth, which, as she points out, like, it's just it's an independent city state. While Yasna is the sister of the king of one of the most powerful nations on the planet. So in reality, in like in measure of real power, she may be more powerful than this guy. But still, this is the king. And we see this the soul caster, which is two rings and a bracelet connected by several chains holding a triangular group of gemstones across the back of the hand. So it gives you a nice description to kind of picture what this looks like. Reminds me of if anyone's a Stargate SG-1 fan. They've got like the the gold hand device. And we find out this is identical to the one that she and her brothers had found inside her father's pocket or coat pocket, rather. So right away, it's like, oh, hey, there's there's more stuff going on here. Of course, you don't know what a soul caster is quite yet. So I guess maybe that doesn't seem super relevant at this point. And so Yasna is warning this uh, the guy that we will find out is the king. It's like you realize that the the devotaries will have an unfavorable reaction to this. And the king's like, oh, no, yeah, I know. But uh, you don't you don't need to worry about me. She says the Ardents have much sway here, your majesty. He's like, no, it'll be fine. And then she's like, okay, can we put can we put this on pause for a second? I have to go talk to this person. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You do you as we're walking to wherever we're going. And so Shalana's worried she's going to be mad because it's taken her so long to catch up. And Yasna is not upset about that. She's like, oh, no, that that's my fault. I didn't know where I was going to be when I first talked to you. So I just had to leave notes as I went. I'm impressed by your tenacity. Perhaps I will allow you to petition me for a place as my ward. And she's like, wait, what? I, I thought that this was a done deal. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I gave you permission to meet me, which is already me being way generous, clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm just that cool. But uh, it, a wardship is, you know, a whole other thing. That's going to require more. Uh, I need to know more about you before that. And so she wants to know about Shalon's existing education. And some of this stuff is stuff that even to us should be pretty obvious. Like they, she talks about music. How good are you with music? And she's like, well, I'm good with the voice, but I'm I can play the zither and the pipes. And then as they're walking down the hall with the king nearby, Yasna's just like, OK, well, sing this thing for me. She's like, what, really? Right here? Yeah. OK. And we find out she speaks some languages, Alethi, Thalen, Azish. What about your writing? I know all of the major, minor and topical glyphs and can paint them calligraphically. So can most children. So, uh. Yeah, like, man, she's got opinions, this lady. Yeah. Shalon's like, well, I've kept a journal since I was a child to practice my writing skills. And she's like, great. If I need someone to write a treatise on their stuffed pony or give an account of an interesting pebble they discovered, I shall send for you. Which, damn, girl. OK. Hey, man, that pebble stopped a revolution. <laughs> yeah, don't be like that. It's my pebble. But I do like she's like, well, I wrote you a letter and it was persuasive enough to convince you to meet me. And Jasmine's like, yes, that's a good point. It took you long enough to make it. But yeah, OK. And then she's asking about uh, she starts asking about people like, have you read this guy's books or this guy's books or Shaka Daughter Hasweth, which there's a, a name formation. And Shalon's like, no. Didn't Zeth have that have that kind of name? Zeth, son of son of son, something like that. Yes, he did. Good. Good catch. Uh, that is an indication that that person is from the same place as Seth. Yep. Although. This is Shaka daughter Hasweth, and he was Seth's son, son, Volano. So a little bit different. Maybe his dad wasn't cool enough, so he has to go by his granddad's name. It's like yeah. Worf being from the house of Moog. Yeah. Also, I caught the, like one of the names here was Noah Don. And I'm like, oh, you've mentioned a podcast about finding Noah Don. I think or something. Following Noah Don. But yes, following, good, 
yeah. good catch there. That uh, maybe that guy will be relevant later. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> well, if enough people, yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a whole podcast named after the guy. I'm sure he's no big deal. <laughs> oh, there, we, there we go. Spoiling stuff. I'm, I'm gonna blame uh, who was it? Justin <laughs> from Always Another Podcast. It's his fault. He spoiled this. This is what That's I get true. for letting him like into the show even that much. How dare he? <laughs> That's that, that that's a joke, Justin. It's okay. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned the name of that podcast before, but I like to blame blame him better. It works out for me. <laughs> and I, I like when she talks about like what about history? And she's like, well, I mean, I read all the history books that my it wasn't were in my dad's library. Okay, well, what were what were those? And she's like, well, this this one set of books. And she's like, barely worth the time spent scribing them. History is the most important of the literary subarts. Oh shit! When did this woman become my dad? <laughs> Well, Joe, like, uh, got a degree in history, and I minored in history, so we probably agree with that to some degree, probably, uh, I would think. Yeah, uh, my, yeah, my, my undergraduate degrees in history. Yeah. Nice. My, my, my dad works, worked as an historian for many years, so. Ah. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So, yeah, they, they go back and forth a little more. Can you – do you know this? Do you, what do you know about that? Blah, blah, blah. And then eventually Shalant's just like, look – if, if you expect me to be able to sob Fabricen's conundrum with a wave of my hand, you will be disappointed. And she's like, well, don't I have a right to make reasonable demands of my potential students? And Shalon's like, okay, your demands are about as reasonable as the ones made to the Ten Heralds on Proving Day. With all due respect, you seem to want master scholars as your ward. I might find a pair of 80-year-old ardents in the city who will maybe fit your requirements. And Jas- or Yasna's just like, do you speak with such peak to your parents as well? Uh, yeah, Shalon... Uh, we established before has a bit of a smart mouth. So this gave me real like pride and prejudice vibes. You know, I never saw such a woman. She would be a fearsome thing to behold. <laughs> there, is no one, there is no one that could live up to this standard. Seriously. Yeah. Yes. And it's basically like, well, your mom should have taught you better than this. And she's like, well, I mean, my mom died and also my stepmother died. So, you know, I'm doing that. I'm on my own at this point. I'm trying to work this stuff out. And yes. And it's like, well, maybe you should just go back to your dad and, see to his estates rather than wasting my time. And then we find out that this is the 12th young woman to petition her for wardship this year. So she has no problem rejecting you. And Shalon's here like, oh, damn, I thought that maybe other like important women would stay away from her because she's a heretic. She, you know, she's at odds with the the religion that most people follow. But no, apparently not. Uh, Being the the sister of a king and renowned for your scholarship in your own right is uh, enough to draw people regardless. And then we find out what the king was negotiating with the Asna for during the last high storm. There was a collapse. Like this building is built into the mountain, basically. And a huge rock fell and blocked off this one room. And they have not been able to remove it. And there are people, including we find out the king's granddaughter trapped on the other side of this rock. The king's like, if only we had a shard blade, we could, like, cut it up. But Yasna has made an agreement to get rid of the rock in exchange for access to the Palanium, which we heard that name before. I don't know that we know what that exactly is. And she says, you know, send for some wet rags for people to put over, which it sounds random at that point. Like, okay, wet rags are going to help remove the rock. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) The the rock's having a baby. Get me some hot towels. Give me as many wet rags as you can. We're going to erode this thing. That would be a way to go at it, I guess. <laughs> um, it took four years. <laughs> I'm afraid what you heard was get me a lot of wet towels. What I said was get me all the wet towels that you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, 
Shalam does, Shalam does get one moment to kind of uh, stand out where Yasna's like, how would you determine, ascertain the mass of this stone? And Shalon's like, I mean, I'd probably just ask the king. I'm sure his architects calculated it. And Yasna's like, an elegant response. Did they do that, your majesty? He's like, yeah, they did. Touche. Yep. Well done. And so Yasna holds up her soul caster and the gems start glowing. And there's a very dramatic moment of like light that Shalon like takes a mental picture of committing the scene to memory. It says, and then Yasna's hand sinks into the rock and it vanishes a burst of dense black smoke exploding into the hallway. Man, if you do that wrong and snap your fingers wrong, it's like half of all life in the galaxy disappears. <laughs> right? Exactly. I know I about gem gloves. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, what we find out is Yasna has a soul caster, a powerful one. Nine out of ten were limited to a few transformations, creating water or grain from stone, forming bland, single-roomed ro- rock buildings out of air or cloth. But this one can affect any transformation, literally turning any substance into any other substance. So that's powerful. I love how, like, it's, they're so blasé about that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're limited. You can make food out of nothing or you can make a house out of air. I'm like, oh, that's very limited. Fucking hell, I would want that. <laughs> well, and I don't know if you remember in the last Shalon section, we find out she, she, it's mentioned that emeralds are the most valuable because they can be used to make food. I do remember that, yeah. And so at the time, you're probably like, well, how the fuck does that work? Well, here you go. Take that, Hermione. (laughs) It's you and Gramps' laws of fundamental transfiguration or whatever. Oh, gosh. Whatever it is, yeah. You you can't make food here or nothing. Watch me. Eat this, gosh. Uh, But yes, so Yasna has a magic glove that can turn anything into anything. And I mean, I feel like it shouldn't. I I think it's Jamie who's like, you know, I want to see why she wants this. I mean... I feel like we could come up with lots of reasons that uh, you could use something like this when your house is on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. Even just going around selling the service of turning one thing into another would probably net you a shit ton of money. I guess that I was more curious as to whether did she or someone in her family actually have the ability to use it or mm. stones? Because obviously it's worth a lot. I don't know how you could go about selling them, but did something like her father's break or something and swap them out? I don't know. Right. Yeah, she has she has one that belonged to her dad. And so if she wants another one, there must be a reason. Mm. Yeah, fair point. And she thinks how it must grate on the ardence that such a powerful holy relic was in the hands of someone outside the Ardentia and a heretic, no less. So we're finding out some more about the ardence and the Ardentia as they get mentioned repeatedly. You may remember that in the previous episode, it was mentioned that uh, ardents are the only kinds of slaves that uh, you don't have to pay because they're not allowed to own anything, which Sounds kind of in opposition to how powerful they sound here, but uh, I don't know. Maybe there's religious reasons or something. Mm, yeah. And so Yasna basically tells her, it's like, look, this isn't going to work out. Sorry. And she's like, but no, you haven't finished interviewing me yet. And Yasna's like, wait, you're, you're telling me I haven't finished what I was. OK, no, really? It's like, yeah, you left out painting and drawing the like super important feminine arts. And Yasna's like, well, I don't, I don't care about those. But the, these are like what Shalon is really good at. So Shalon's like, but no, but 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 she's she's like, but but my portfolio. Yeah. And Yasna's like, no. Yasna turns into every, like um every government department. It's like the visual arts are frivolity. Fuck you. Yep, exactly. Schools don't need art classes. <laughs> what has art done for us lately? 
excuse me while I put on my favorite movie. And so Yasna is just like, uh, okay, well, I want to go to the Palladium now, that deal that we had. And the king's like, well, we're going to have a big celebra- celebratory feast. My granddaughter was saved. And she's like, yeah, well, I, I, I don't have time. I have stuff to do. I like, I mean, okay. All right. More feasting for me. <laughs> make, sure so, you, uh, make sure you grab those succulent versions I saw on the way in. We're going to feast <laughs> on them. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shalon is just thinking like – me from six months ago would have just started crying at this point. Like I've spent six months tr- chasing this woman in the five minutes here. And she's like, nah, see ya. But Shalon's just like, this is too important. I cannot take no for an answer here. And we find out that she wants to become Yasna's apprentice, essentially. Not for the education, not for the prestige, but to learn where she kept her soul caster because Shalon was going to steal it. The end of chapter. And then we get a tiny map a charcoal rubbing of a map of Sadius's war camp as used by a common spearman scratched, scratched is what my book says on the back of a palm sized Kremlin shell. So we get a little map of what a war camp looks like, even to the point of up here at the top is where the shattered planes are. And then chapter six, bridge four. And the, uh, the epigraph is I'm cold mother. I'm cold mother. Why can I still hear the rain? Will it stop? That one doesn't sound particularly weird to me. Maybe it wasn't raining. I don't know. That's it. I'm it sounds scared. pretty weird to me. Yeah. Daisy. A six-year-old female light-eyed child. All right. And we're back to Tavlakov, which when <laughs> when when Dax said, like, fucking Gary or whatever, I was like, is he talking about Tavlak- Tavlakov? Because really, it's kind of Tavlakov's fault. But no, 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 no. Like, like this is, remember last time? This is Crazy Vaklov from Crazy Vaklov's yeah. Place of Automobiles. I went back and and watched the clip when I was editing that episode, and it, he's like, it will go like 13 hectares on one uh, single tank of kerosene. Yeah, of kerosene. And I was like, but a hectare is like a, a square unit of measurement of distance. Like, how does that work with a, for That's driving a joke. car? I don't understand, but okay. Yeah, it's the joke. It's genius. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they're, uh, he, he pulls the slaves out, lines them up, everyone – Everyone told stories of that night when the Parshendi tribesmen had murdered King Gavilar nearly six years ago. So that's what this 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 war is about out here to avenge the king. And Colin's like, yeah, you don't mess around with the mercenaries when they're around real slaves because they get like this need to look impressive and make it seem like they're important. I believe that is what the young people call big dick energy now. (laughs) And Kaladin is like, yes, maybe I can get like a spear into my hands. Maybe I can face the enemy again. That's what I want. And here comes a light-eyed woman who is uh, probably of the fourth or fifth dawn, D-A-H-N, that's a wife inscribed to one of the camp's officers. And so she's inspecting the slaves, and she's like, yeah, most of these guys suck. Like, what am I going to use them for? They're too dirty to put into the, the kitchens. And that this is her negotiating posture to negotiate down from two emerald bromes ahead to something more reasonable. I feel like he goes down fast, too. He goes down 25% instantly, like maybe one and a half. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he. I, th- I think Kaladin had the measure of him. He's kind of desperate. Yeah, but then we get to Kaladin, and she's like, "Okay, now here, this one's more interesting." And then she tells him, "Like, take off your shirt, do a little dance for me." No, she's not. It's not. It, it's it's not Magic Mike. But yeah, take off your clothes. I won't hurt you. Uh, and he says that he was from Amaram's army, a citizen second non. And Tavlok was like, "Once a citizen." And the lady's like, oh, you got that danger glyph, huh? Where I come from, slaves that deserve those are just executed. 
And so he tries to to make up a story that he 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 got drunk, killed a guy. It was he he made some mistakes, but uh, I can use a spear. Put me in the army, I'll be good. You know, you, you won't regret it. And then Tavlokov's like, he's a deserter. Don't listen to him. He's lying. Also, he's escaped a bunch of times. And honestly, he may have contaminated all the men in his wagon with talk of escape. And really needs to know what the fuck happened on that battlefield if he became right. a deserter. Yeah, like he did not seem like a deserter, right? Yeah. But yeah, so Calvin's like, damn it, I should have torn up that guy's map. Like, the, it, I could have been in a good place if only I'd like gotten him on my side instead of, you know, being a jerk. Could have been the contender. <laughs> and so she's like, OK, for your honesty, I will I'll buy them anyway. Point me out the ones that, uh, you know, have been have, have been contaminated. We need some new bridgemen. And so, yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, take those 10 to the bridge crews. Tell Lamoral and Gaz that the tall one is to be given special treatment. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be building bridges. That's not so bad. Right. And some some of the rest of the slaves get sent out to, like, chop down wood or whatever. Some even get sent to the kitchen, despite her saying they're too dirty to go to the kitchens. There's parchment out here, you know, working, carrying. And he's like, I mean, they're fighting parchment. They're really just they have them in their camp also. But nobody really seems to think of parchment as uh, people. So and so they get to this place where there's these carpenters. And he's like, oh, we're going to be woodworkers, huh? You're joining the bridge crews. And here's a bunch of dirty guys sitting around looking depressed, wearing leather vests. And they're like, hey, here's some new recruits, Gaz. That one over there, special treatment. And Kaladin keeps trying to be like, you know, I have military training. I was in High Lord Amaram's army. And Gaz is like, yeah, nobody gives a shit. Why are you still telling me this? Nobody cares at all. And then before anything can be explained, there's a chorus of horns. And Gaz is like, Stormfather, Bridgman, up, up, you louts. You're in bridge four, he tells Kaladin. Go over there. Everyone else, you, you guys wait. I'll divide you up later. And so... There's a big eight foot wide, 30 foot long wooden bridge and they carry it. There's actually 40 or 50 of these bridges. So there's a lot of people because it takes a lot of people to carry one bridge. And Gaz, when they walk up to bridge four and Gaz is like, where's your bridge leader? And one of the guys goes dead, tossed himself down the honor chasm last night. Can't you keep a bridge leader for even a week? Well, now that we see what they do, I'm not surprised that nobody lasts that long. It's like, oh my God, this horrible, like. Like utterly, utterly humiliating and dangerous task. It's like, like people would rather kill themselves than do this. What the fuck? <laughs> Honestly, I assume some of them get killed in during the bridge runs. But uh, yeah, there's good. I don't think any bridge leader would survive long. He doesn't seem so 35 to 40 men per bridge. And there's handholds, but it's hard to see, especially when you get stuck in the back like Kaladin does. And so they just run all these guys carrying this bridge. And the guy standing next to him is like, you shouldn't have insulted Gaz. He sometimes lets new men run on, in an outside row. Sometimes. And he gives them the advice, breathe in and out, focus on the steps, count them. It helps. And so now he sees why everybody had these vests, these leather vests, because, like, the bridge weight is resting on your shoulders. They didn't give him one of those. So that sucks. And they didn't give him any shoes, which also is pretty messed up. It's like, yeah, how many dudes running these bridges just, like, break their ankles because they can't see where they're going and just fall out the back? Yeah, right? That, that's that got to be a, a pretty usual hazard for this kind of job. So we have some permanent bridges that cross the chasms between the plateaus out here on the Shattered Plains. At first, there are permanent bridges. And they run, and they cross them. They cross the the plateau. Then there's another bridge. They cross that, another plateau, and on and on. 
And the bridges are set up not in the most direct route anywhere, but where the plateaus are closest to each other, the chasms are narrowest, so it's easier to build the bridges there. So you can end up going like a bunch of different directions to get to the place you're going. And finally, they get to where the permanent bridges end, and Gaz yells, lift, drop, push, and they use their bridge to bridge the next gap between plateaus, and then they collapse from the hours of running with this giant bridge, and the army marches across the bridge. And then somebody important goes by, and Calvin's like, is that the king? And he's like, no. If that was the king, that would mean we were in Bright Lord Dalinar's army. The best of men, the most honorable shard bearer in the king's army. They say he's never broken his word. And Calvin's like, yeah, I heard that before. And so, yeah, Calvin thinks that now that they've bridged this gap, they're going to turn around and go back. And the Jews like, oh, oh, no, no, you're not done. We're, we are not in even close to done because this is just one chasm. They need to go over a lot more. And so it says that they repeat this at least a dozen times. They have to the army crosses their bridge. They have to go across pick up the bridge, get to the other side of this new plateau before the army gets there so they can put the bridge down and it will be ready when the army comes to cross. So it just continues to suck, is this job. But the worst part is when you arrive at your destination because they finally get to where they're going and Gaz is like, newcomers get to go first at this part, your lordship, and puts him puts Kaladin in the front. <laughs> finally, I've arrived. I'm at the front. And he's like, oh, at least I can see now. Jeez. And what he sees is that across the next chasm, over on the next plateau, there's a bunch of Parshendi lined up, and they they are they are different from Parshmen that he can tell here. They've uh, they've got orange armor on, and they're kind of bigger and tougher. He says they they're more solid. And we get one guy going Talenalat Ilin, bearer of all agonies. This is going to be a bad one. They're already lined up. Their ta- Talenet was um the guy from the prelude that got left behind, the one who didn't abandon his sword, yeah? That is what we have guessed, at least, yeah. No, they say they say the name in the prelude, Talonet, Talonel. So they've just added some bits onto this. They have. Yeah, Bearer of All Agonies, that sounds like the guy who was left in hell. Right? You know, the, I mean, it seems like an appropriate title, based on the little that we know. Yeah. Yep, he's bearing all the agony, all right. Man, what a title. And so they have to run the bridge... At this group of Parshendi, bows ready, arrows knocked, ready to start shooting them down. Because this is the only way for the army to get across the chasm to fight the other guys, is to get these bridges down. And so, because obviously, if you are the Parshendi on the other side of the chasm, you don't want the the army getting across. They start shooting the bridgemen down as they run forward. The first wave of arrows kills the leathery-faced guy that has been given Kaladin advice this whole time. So that, that sucks. And yet, arrows keep coming. People keep dying. It's horrific. And they seem to focus, like, if if, uh, they'll focus fire on certain bridges to try to shoot down enough of the carriers to make the bridge fall. But eventually they get there, and Gaz is like, lift and down, you fools. And they get the bridge shoved into position. And here comes a bunch of cavalry streaming across the bridge now that it's set. And not giving a shit if they run over any bridgeman who happens to be fallen in their way. So the Parshendi managed to take down four bridges, but 16 say, I had feel been like the closed. archers on Kaladin's side took took way longer than they should have to start firing back. Right? Like, why not start firing earlier? It's like, okay, we need the bridge to get across the chasm. They're killing, the archers are killing our bridgemen. We should start shooting now. 
I mean, for all of the horror of running at them, I mean, like 16 of their 20 bridges made it into place. So that's pretty good numbers. Yeah, I guess. But that's also why you have like 30 people to a bridge, even though you only need like, I think what they say, like 20 to carry it, because then you can afford to lose 10 guys and your bridge will still make it. And so yeah, he just passes out after this and is awoken by his spren, friend, like, hey, Kaladin, get up. They're going to leave you. You're going to die. He's like, no, I just I don't want to go back. Just let me die. So this is hours later. He's just been passed out on the battlefield for hours. And he looks around and there's some guys walking around, some bridgemen walking around and shaking the dead bridgemen to see if they're alive. And then if they're not alive, he, they take their their shoes and their vests. And Kaladin's like, yeah, they never would have checked me. I don't have anything for them to take. So this time the Spren had saved his life by getting him up before the entire army left. It appeared that Sadius's forces had won. At least they didn't seem to be any Parshendi still alive. The plateau they'd fought on looked exactly the same as all the others they'd crossed, except there was a big lump of something in the center. Not sure what. And he asks, Spren, do you have a name? And she goes, yeah, I, I do have a name. Why do I have a name? How the hell should I know? And her name is Silfrina. Silfrina. And then she goes, Sil. That's amusing. It appears I have a nickname. And he says, congratulations. And then Gaz spots Kaladin alive. And he's like, you. And then he points to the bridge for Kaladin to go pick it up. And that's when Kaladin's like, you got to be kidding me. It's like, no, either carry the bridge or stay behind. And Kaladin realizes, oh, I was supposed to die out here. That's why he didn't care if I had a Vester sandals to start with. He put me in front to die. I very rudely did not take him up on it. And uh, one of the other bridgemen's like, it's okay. We can go slower now, and they'll give us lots of breaks. And some soldiers will help us. It takes at least 25 men to lift a bridge. And the chapter ends with... Kaladin thinking that nothing could have been worse than what happened before, losing all he had to the war, nothing more terrible than failing those he'd sworn to protect. It appeared he'd been wrong. There had been something more they could do to him. One final torment the world had reserved just for Kaladin, and it was called Bridge Four. That's not really fair. There's a bunch of people in Bridge Four. It's not just for you, but it does suck. I'll give you that. So, yeah, those are our two chapters that we went through this time. Uh, just as Joe said, fun, fun, funny stuff. Just a laugh, a laugh riot from start to finish. Predigments, though, what, where are we going from here? What's going to happen with our two characters, at least, that we've seen, uh, we're getting to know so far? Yeah, look, I, I'm definitely predicting uh, more comedy in the next set of chapters, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So, Kaladin, I think things might get a little worse before they get better for him. Uh, he seems for lack of a better term, pretty well rock bottom at the moment. But I, I I still don't think his surviving his first go with Bridge 4 is going to give him any points. I think with um, Gaz, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. I do hope that longer term he's able to kind of prove himself and work his way into a better area maybe to work into a better area, something catastrophically bad has to happen to the army before they'll let a, a marked slave that's considered dangerous anywhere near proper battle rather than just holding the bridge. I don't know. Maybe he'll help some soldiers on the field, but I reckon he's got a couple more bridge four runs in him before something good happens to him. Shallon, I, I, I don't know whether she's going to annoy Yasna like enough to then make her accept her as a ward I sort of I feel like there's going to be some more involvement 
between those two characters for a little while. Obviously, she's running down the corridor to be like, well, I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna annoy you until you give me what I want. But we already know that she doesn't really respond well to tantrums and speaking out of turn. So I don't know how that's really going to go for her. But I hope she gets a little bit more, um, I guess, covert. I'm really, I'm really curious to see what what her plan is to be in place if she doesn't get taken on as a ward. I don't know how she's going to steal it. I don't know what she needs it for. They found the soul caster in her father's pocket. I Mm -hmm. assume when, like once he had died. So there's no ability to sort of ask questions there. I don't feel like we know enough about that magic just yet to, to sort of make decisions, but I'd be curious to know whether the stones were the same or if everyone had different stones. She made a comment that like breaking open the or transforming the rock was going to like cost a was it cost a ruby or something? It was it was Yeah, she said a valuable focus stone. I think she may have said a smoke stone, but I don't recall for sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe the the stones in the dad's soul casters have been depleted. So maybe it, it maybe it is functional, but it needs more empowered stones, perhaps, and stealing another mm. soul caster would, would be able to do that. I don't know how easy it would be able to come across those particular stones to make yeah. that work or that level of power. But, yeah, my first instinct was that they needed the stones to, to do something with that. But there's also then levels of soul caster as well, which it sounds like um, she's pretty high up at the moment. So I feel like if the dad was so talented as well then that would probably be a known thing maybe they're a family of thieves maybe (laughs) they 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 stole their way to a a higher standing or something and well obviously they're having to repair their reputation and and pay off a whole lot of debt so who knows maybe the dad stole the the soul caster Hmm. i mean like father like daughter that would be an interesting yeah (laughs) yeah I know I'll fix all my problems by stealing this soul caster. Oh wait, it doesn't work. Well, better go find another one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like your thought. It's like, is she going to be able to annoy Yasna into accepting her? Like, does Yasna seem like someone you could just annoy until you get your way? I don't know. Yeah, given given, I just don't think she would respond well to that. Given how she she took to her or some comments that she made about. Mm-hmm. Dallin's plight it was like well you didn't throw a tantrum so that's good like I just I feel like her patience is probably or her tolerance is quite low so she's gonna have to figure out another way to worm in there like be annoying but not so annoying that she doesn't just move on and not tell you where she's going <laughs> yeah yeah no that that's a good thought and I also like you're like is there a backup plan if you can't become her ward because you might need one of those yeah yep that's a real possibility I guess we shall see I guess she thought she had it already, so. Right, yeah, she thought she had this sewn up. She probably, she might not have spent six months chasing her if she didn't think it was already a done deal. Yeah. Where we're going to go. Yeah, I feel like Shalan is going to do her best to worm into into Yasna. I don't know how that's going to take, but long term, long term. I think she is going to get a hold of this soul caster and she's going to just go on the run trying to get back with it. Because, of course, Yasna's going to know who took it. So Yasna will be coming in hot pursuit, but there are people, like, if what Shalan thought was accurate, there are people out there who are pissed that Yasna had it. So mm-hmm. 
She'll probably like um, Shalan will probably have Yasna's enemies coming after her as well, seeing it as an opportunity to get the damn thing back. So uh, yeah, I look I look forward to like the to the chase. Uh, that, should, that, should, <laughs> that should be interesting, and then it can have all the the wonderful adventures of her trying to figure out how to use it and um, seeing seeing those go awry. So that'll be fun. Kaladin, I get the feeling Gaza is gonna hang him out to dry again. I I actually had the thought it's like maybe he'll get captured by the Parshman somehow. Like Gaza thinks they'll kill him, but like the Parshman for whatever reason decided to just take him along, and so he's like. Oh, great. First I was a slave, then I was a bridgeman. Now I'm a prisoner of war captured by the, the Darth Maul-looking folk. And then, to his surprise, they actually treat him better than his own people did. You know, it wouldn't take much for them to treat him better than his own people are treating him. That's yeah, a fair it was like, yeah, it's it's a very low part, mate. <laughs> but um, but none, nonetheless, I, 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 like, I like the idea of doing that, because I want to know more about these people. Oh, the, the Parshendi? Yeah. 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 We, we, we know very little of them, except that they like had Seth murder the king at the beginning of the book. Yeah, and in my head, I just picture them as like a race of Darth Mauls. No, yeah, I can kind of see it with the the whole marbled red and black look. Yeah, red, no, it makes sense. Red, red and black skin going on. I mean, yeah, that's really the only description we've gotten. The they apparently wear orange armor, so that's an additional description we got today. But cool. Doesn't really fit Darth Maul. I don't think he would wear orange armor, but maybe. I mean, you know, what, whatever. You, you do. Maybe you, if Maul. he had a sense of some goddamn style. <laughs> black robes are done, man. No, who was it? It was what was it? <laughs> it it's it's an Elantris where we find out how ugly orange is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, good times. It says and then well, the the Sunlit Man isn't that orange or is it red? I don't know. I haven't actually gotten the book in my hand yet. Uh, no, I haven't either. Is, the book itself is red. Okay. Also Fair the enough. the the trim on the pages is black. Ooh. Very yeah. very nice. Ah oh, well. You know, Shalan, I, I think she's going to still have some, she's going to somehow ingratiate herself with Jasna. Either that or just keep chasing her around. And then maybe she's going to find out that she actually does want to learn stuff from her. Especially if she sees this magic power go on and on. And yeah, I think Jamie made a good point. It's like, even if you get this thing, like, are you going to know what to do with it? So like, are you just going to sell it? Is, is that all it is? It's just a piece of equipment that's valuable. So you're going to sell it because you know it works. But I don't know, since the one they found on their dad doesn't work, it made me think that maybe if it was his, that like somehow it dies with the bearer. So maybe it's like maybe it's like attuned to the person that wears it and it can't be like reattuned. But I don't know. So, yeah, I don't have a lot going on with Shilan that I know about. Yeah, I think. uh, But I like I said earlier in the episode, I think Kaladin's going to I think he's going to win Gaz over somehow. And whether that's just because he keeps surviving or. Because, you know, he's he's kind of it's funny, Kaladin as a bridge carrier guy is kind of in the same boat as the kid from the from like the first chapter. He he doesn't he's in a combat situation where he doesn't know what's going on. He has no idea how this works. He's now experienced it. And if his past is any indication of his ability to learn and do things better, I would guess that he's going to become the best bridge carrier that they have and then somehow raise himself through those ranks. Although I would say a certain amount of it does seem to be luck because, you know, if you're on the front when they're shooting arrows, you're just kind of, you just kind of get kind of have to get lucky. Cause it's not like you can 
jump out from under the bridge right. when they're shooting at you. Um, which I think he kind of made that point. It's like he'd always been good in combat, but this was like he's just charging in as a, like a pig to slaughter. Like there's nothing he can do to make his situation better in that instance. But uh, maybe he'll come up, maybe being so good at the job, he'll come up with some super fancier way to do it, which will protect the guys doing it better. I don't know. Mm. That's just a that's just a guess. Uh, you know a predicament if you will uh, but yeah i'm i'm like i said i'm a big fan of this book so far even though we're not that far in uh, it's keeping my interest and so i'm very excited to read the next uh, section you make a good point about the the being like we, we learned that kaladin was the only guy on the front line of his bridge not to mm-hmm. die this time so yeah it's uh, it, it is luck of the draw although he it was People always said back in the army that he was lucky. He was storm blessed, so maybe that's why he survived. Ooh, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe this uh, maybe this wind sprint's been falling around his whole life, and he just didn't know. She makes him lucky because it was he's got, she he's was got the reason of Vin's luck. Yeah, well, he was the re- the wind sprint was the reason that he even got up out of the the rock yep. floor rock ground to begin with. Otherwise, they would have left him behind. So true. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Like I said, you, it, going in, I was like, I'm worried that Joe might uh, be like, no, this is this is depressing me. I don't want to read this anymore. So I I was just thinking, I'm like, OK, l- l- let me cover what the predicaments have been today. So Jamie thinks Shalon is collecting Infinity Stones for her gauntlet. That's what Dak thinks that <laughs> Dak thinks that Kaladin is going to make friends with a bunch of Parshendi and hang out with them. Also, also good prediction. And Joe thinks that uh, this is going to turn into like the Kaladin and Gaz BFF show. So all interesting possibilities. Let me see. For next time, we'll just hit that. We're going to read two more chapters, seven and eight. And before you get to thinking that we're going to be short, uh, small numbers of chapters all the time. In the next episode after that, we're going to read six chapters. So there. <laughs> Good God damn. So, pre- yeah, prepare for that. So yeah, two chapters for next time, seven and eight. Let's, let's do a cut. We have, we have a bunch of emails cause we'd kind of saved some up from last time also. And I already read one, so we won't, uh, we'll probably save some more also since we spent so long on one of them already. But, uh, let me hit a couple of these since we don't, we don't have any patrons, any new, uh, reviews or anything this week. So we got time for a few emails. This one says it's titled Sander Lance podcast from, from Sam. Hello, Dak, Data, Jamie, and Joe. Now that I finally caught up, I figured it was time to email in. I've been listening to the show since December of last year, after I read The Final Empire for the first time, and I needed more Mistborn content. Following along with you guys, as I've had my own Sanderson journey, has been a true joy. I enjoy your predictions, whether they be scarily close or another volcano theory, and they make the show wildly entertaining. You've even changed my own thoughts on certain aspects of the books, namely Spook. Joe has thoroughly convinced me from not caring about him to hating him. Oh, I'm sorry, thoroughly converted me from not caring about him doing Yeah, I mean, if there's anything you want to do, it's go for being apathetic to hate. You know, you want to have a star- strong emotion one way or another. Let's talk about Warbreaker, though. Of all the Cosmere works I've read, this is definitely the weakest in my opinion, which is a shame because I think it has some of the most interesting magic Brandon has written, as well as the potential to have a great influence on his future works. Undoubtedly, the best parts of Warbreaker are Vasher and Nightblood, I agree with Dak and Joe that if the magic were better explained, it would help the story overall versus Elantris were not understanding the magic was the point of the mystery. I don't mind the bad pacing nearly as much as I read through as I read through it fairly quickly, but I did hate being confused all the way through. 
even when I finished, Vasher's explanation does little to really explain Awakening and really just leaves me with more questions than I started with. Hopefully this is better explained in the sequel if we ever actually get it. I'm excited for you all to begin Stormlight, and I'm looking forward to your reactions and crazy theories. Roshar has some of the most fantastical and iconic locations in the Cosmere, such as the Shattered Plains, and the story that takes place there is truly fantastic. I also look forward to your opinions on some of the more controversial aspects of Stormlight, which I won't spoil what he's calling controversial, although there is at least one character we already know that uh, he's proposing here, as I feel like we may have another spook on our hands. Thank you for the great podcast and for being part of my Sanderson journey. Wasn't to the time of next. Big call there. Yeah. Calling out a spook. Uh, But this person actually did send us a screenshot of their Spotify five-star review. So I said we had no new reviews. I'd forgotten that in this email there was a a screenshot of a review. I see. So now I'm just supposed to give him some kind of misting power, huh? Yep. For Sam. All right, Sam. You... Uh, you know what? You could be, you could be what old, uh, what old, uh, wow, I can't even remember his name. It hadn't been that long. What old Waxillium Ladrian is. You could be a coin shot. That's always a good one. Very, very utilitarian. Yeah. Okay. The next email is from Oliver. And Oliver says, I've been thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Started listening a month ago, and I'm now on the final epilogue of the Wax and Wayne series of books. Anyway, I was curious what each of your favorite movies were. Personally, mine is Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Anyway, keep up the stellar podcast, and hi, future me. Favorite movies. I feel like anytime somebody asks me that question, it's just, it's too difficult to answer. So I usually have to, like, you know, unfortunately, in a podcast setting, I don't have the luxury to be like, well, why don't you pick a genre, and then I'm trying to narrow <laughs> one down. Right. Um, how do you how do you pick just one favorite movie or book? Yeah, that? exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll just go with, no, nah, I don't even know where to start. I think we've had this question on the podcast before too. It's possible. Mm. I've, I think I've definitely br- I've definitely brought up my my favorite movie before. That is In Bruges. It's a good movie. Yeah, we've talked about that, that one for sure. Yep. My second favorite is Pan's Labyrinth. Oh wow! Really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Very different movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like I've had different favorite movies at different parts of my life. You know. So if I'm gonna pick one. They go to my wall of movies because I still have a lot of physical media. I would say one of the I wouldn't say it's going back and rewatching it. I wouldn't say it's a fantastic movie. Like, Well, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't say it's the most amazing movie ever, but uh, it is a fantastic movie. It, it, I say, though, the reason I'm picking this one is because it had a really big influence on me when it came out uh, when I was a teenager is probably Garden State. It's a good movie. Interesting. Okay. I don't think I've actually seen, seen that. Yeah. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's definitely like a thinking, kind of deep, depressing <laughs> kind of movie. But as a teen who's very angsty, you know, it it, it fed my soul. Sure, that's fair. What do you got, Jamie? Uh, the one I always come back to is Apollo thirteen. Mm. I think you that? mentioned that too. I remember hearing that from you. Yeah. It's that there's so many good movies. It is it is difficult to like choose, and it kind of depends on what sort of mood you're in. But that's yep. one that I it always. If someone said, "Hey, we're gonna watch this," I would always be happy to watch it. Well, say so like you make a point of watching that one at least every six months. So that is that would definitely make it a, a, a if not the favorite, then the, then a front runner for it. Yeah, absolutely. It just it's it's always a, a great story of how in the face of you know 
potential disaster, seeing the best of, of humankind come together to get people home and get them home safely. And it always makes me a bit emotional, even though I know exactly how the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I watched it a million times. I always still get a little bit teary when they actually sign off. Tom Hanks is coming out of the capsule and is like, that's that's us done. It's, yeah. <laughs> Every time. That's nice. That's, I mean, you got Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, and Bill Paxton in a box. Like, that's just that's just gold right there. Oh, the cast is phenomenal. Ed Harris does an incredible job. And um, yep. uh, he said he plays, it's um, Gene Kranz, um, the flight director. And if you ever watch the, the actual footage of Gene Kranz um, in an interview, and then you, like, he, he got really emotional, and Ed Harris, like, studied him um, and and replicated that. And I just think the, the job that he did portraying that role in particular was just incredible. Hmm. Honestly, I haven't watched that in forever. I should go back and watch that again. That that's one of those movies that's like, especially back when it came out, it was like, well, you have to see this movie. It's like everyone is talking about this movie, yeah. and so. Um, but I, I don't think I don't know that I've gone back and watched it since then, honestly. So probably should. I'm a very different person now than I was when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. The movie's great. The book's really good too. Apollo 13. It was previously titled Lost Moon, but it's it's a very very good read. Some extra extra information from Jim Lovell in there. So if anyone's a space mm. fan, definitely hit those up. Neat. Favorite movies from, so I, I went out to my letterboxed page where I've got like recorded most of the movies that I've seen and the ratings. And I was like, okay, what, what movies have I rated five stars? That would be my maximum rating. One of those would probably count as my favorite. And so I've rated very few movies at the maximum of five stars. So I'll, I'll just throw out a couple of them. So you guys can get the gamut uh, that I've got going on here. So Avengers infinity war, I have it five stars. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Ah, yep. Uh, Serenity. That is a good one. Star Trek First Contact. My favorite Star Trek movie, clearly. The miniseries Taken I have on here is five stars because it's an incredible miniseries that the Sci-Fi Channel did in the early 2000s. Love that. The Brothers Bloom. Great movie. That one, yeah, that was, I've I've seen it. It 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 was interesting. I think. It didn't quite grab me as much as some of Ryan Johnson's other movies, but it was a, it was an hmm. excellently made movie. But I got to the end and I thought, okay, probably have to see it again to really collect my thoughts on it. Yeah, it wasn't even like I saw it when it was in theaters, but it wasn't even it wasn't very big even at the time. It was like yeah. in one of the less nice theaters in town on one screen, and I was just like, I haven't even heard of it. I was like, ah, let's go check this out while we're looking for a movie to see, and it it really connected with me. I really loved it, but uh, obviously, you know. Different strokes. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's the kind of movies that I have on my list. So thank you for the question, Oliver. That was uh, a, a fun we, – we don't often get to take uh, – although clearly we have taken that, that particular side trip at times before. But we don't, we don't get to depart from the topic of the show in that way uh, a whole lot. Uh, Oliver also sent us a screenshot of their five-star Spotify review. So – Oh, why does this keep happening to me? Oh, and I actually <laughs> skipped. I'm sorry, Oliver. I skipped that the beginning says greetings from Wales. Oh, hey. So Welsh, Welsh friend. That's cool. Our uh, our origin is Welsh as well. You know, back in the way back. I'll take your word. Yeah, we're Welsh. Just so you know. We're Irish, Scottish, <laughs> Welsh. And so you, my friend from Wales, uh, you can be a thug. Look it up. All right. Let's do one more. One more email, and then we'll wrap it. This one is from Steph, and it's titled Newish Listener. Hi, Sandra Lynch crew. 
I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple of months, and I'm now about halfway through your Warbreaker episodes. I found this podcast when I decided to reread all Cosmere works, and it is fantastic. I enjoy this show too much as I've tried to pace myself so I don't run out of episodes too quickly, which is impossible. Keep up this good. Keep up the good work. This podcast always puts me in a good mood. Wasn't to the time of next. Cola from Steph. That's always fun wow, to hear. You, Thank you. Yeah, it's cool. You really chugged through those episodes as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and that's with trying to pace yourself apparently. So. Yeah. You have to pace yourself. Carbohydrate is good. <laughs> Pasta. Pasta is good. Is good. Yeah. Ah, rat race. Uh, so yes thank you guys if anyone wants to send an email like those folks did the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com we're on instagram and x and patreon where my reactions to the sunlit man are going up i actually need to edit another one of those for tuesday or there won't be anything up and i i i'm bad i've fallen off of i i read i've read through chapter what what let me look I've read through chapter 21 of, like, I think there's 50 some odd chapters in that book, and I got distracted by things, so I need to go back and do some more. And then I accidentally spoiled myself on a detail from that book because our our good friend Reynos slash Reaper on the Discord was reading through himself, and he has his own little thread that's, like, his read-through. And I did not mute it in time despite knowing that he was going to get past me because I hadn't read lately, and I got spoiled on something by having that Discord uh, topic up. My own fault. I knew better, but uh, so that'll teach me to actually just finish reading the book when it comes out. Usually I would be done with the book instantly, more or less. Like I would read it in a day or two, but when I have to take time out to sit and record my reactions, it uh, slows me down. So yeah, yeah that'll uh, do it. Yeah. Two chapters for next time, seven and eight. Music by Miracle of Sound and Wasing to the Time of Next. Colo, P.S. Vasher, Crab at thee. I remembered it that time. Yay! I was say that Crabatty. Crabs Ahoy was pretty I fucking did. funny last time. <laughs> was it Crabs Ahoy? Listeners, do you prefer Crabatty or Crabs Ahoy? Let us know. Because <laughs> he screwed he screwed it up and said Crabs Ahoy by mistake. Yep. Uh, okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>